0: Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show.
1: Introducing Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Julia Men at The Wee Tipple, and Mindy Schwartz at Whiskey Editor. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know I will. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, Ramblers. Today we are having a mm, semi-professional podcast. Joining us today is Mr. Robert, Diana, <laughs> okay. Julia.
3: Fuck okay, out of
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> What? Semi-professional or super professional? we are
2: not. Not if
3: I'm involved. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Robert is a Whiskey Magazine reviewer, and we are going to talk about whiskey reviews today. How they work, what to look for in color, nose, palette, and finish. So grab a dram
0: of Wild Turkey 101 and join us. But before we jump into the fun drinking side, you know we got a do a little sours our mash because it's just one of those days there's always something to bitch about that deserves bitching so I'm just gonna start things off my knee clicks or like it pops (laughs) now and I am far too young for this to be an issue and it just started in the last few weeks and it's only my left knee and it primarily happens like when I wake up or so first thing in the morning or like when I'm trying to fall asleep and I stretch I'm like what why what happened i mean yeah i was in a motorbike accident years ago and had no problem i don't know what happened in the last few weeks and my body's like you know you haven't knee that pops i feel really old now that sucks are you you're the baby of the group aren't you yeah
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i would like to oh that tonight that i have whiskey older than julia
2: uh yeah, it. I think we all do. Don't
3: start <laughs> talking <laughs> physical ailments with me, though.
0: <laughs> well, we
2: talking to
3: a guy who has a hip surgery schedule.
0: Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, what's ours <laughs> your match if it's not faulty knees? <laughs> uh,
3: for me, it's probably going to be total wine. Oh, yes! <laughs> Fuck, totally. Excellent selection sometimes. I'm still okay with that. But it happened to my fiance once, where it's like you know, you go in there. She she had a list of scotch that she was going to buy me. It said, "Hey, what would you recommend based on this list?" And they came back with three different barrel pick bourbons.
0: Oh my god! Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's not like the scotch was pedestrian, you know, like the typical Glenfiddich Twelve. Glenlivet 12, something like that. No, it was like Lagavulin 16, Laphroaig Lore. I mean, it was almost all peated. <laughs> and thankfully they weren't that bad, but it was like they're barrel picks and they're just trying to sell everything. Yep. We go in there recently, they tried doing the same thing to me. And it was one of those moments like, I know I don't know a ton about whiskey, but I'm like, I know more than you, get away. <laughs>
0: It's like that. uh, It's like,
3: do not try pimping.
0: Simple. Episode. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like,
3: you've got to be kidding me. But yeah, yeah, and it happens too frequently to just everyone there. It's just awful.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) But I live in
3: PA, so that's like the best store that I can get to sometimes. Oh,
2: Oh, I feel you. I live in a
0: mountain town. Selection here sucks. Yeah, the worst, absolute worst whiskey, worst drink I have ever gotten was a recommendation from Total Wine. Was it one of the, I, the Spirits Directs, like, their I, bottlings? I don't know. I think I had tried all sorts of things to make it palatable, and it was just horrific. I probably dumped it down the drain.
2: We might have to have a, an episode about liquor stores. Justin, <laughs> what, what, what's got you complaining today?
1: Well, um, my first booze job was at Total Wine & More. <laughs> Um, legit. It was, um, I was, a, was a culinary person before then. And I, I wanted to learn more about wine because in Virginia, you couldn't sell spirits. So it was just wine and beer. Um, so yeah, um, total wine, a uh, very interesting rant there. I like it. Um, what I, I have a lot of things irritating me these days. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just call this person out. I hope they're listening. If not, I'm definitely going to send them a link to the podcast. Um, I got an email. Now we have a business, several of us on this podcast also have, you know, we we, we work, we drink and we do other things, Uh, but we have a business, um, a small business that does, uh, among other things, consulting and and influencer marketing. And while I don't necessarily uh, see ourselves as an influencer marketing firm, a lot of our day to day, when we do these these projects, is unfortunately it's influencer marketing. We reach out to people and we say, "Hey, you want samples? Here are some samples." This, I'm trying to pull up the actual email. This nozzle of douchebag um, <laughs> came back at me in an email that I sent a blast. It was not a direct email to him. It was an email blast, um, and his response was so soporific. And I'm not, I can't even find the email. I'm going to find the email later. Cause we're running out of time for this um, <laughs> but email was so ridiculous.
0: It was so good. Um, it, was, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. And like, Whoa, it was
1: what? like <laughs> this guy had the, the audacity to call out the, my business name that I spent years working to build. Um, I just I I want to meet this douchebag and I am we're gonna have to have a conversation. <laughs> um, but I guess my sounds my match would be it's a fucking email. You do not have to respond. There's literally a button. You don't have to reply. You you can unsubscribe, you can ignore it, you can mark it as spam, you can shove it up your ass. There's multiple, multiple things you can do with an email. Print them, shred them, put them, make a five. Take him to Coachella, whatever the fuck. You don't have to <laughs> respond. The fact that this unmitigated fucktard said, hey, I'm gonna, re- I'm done. Stop responding to my fucking emails unless you're serious. All right. Yeah.
2: I, I take back everything I said in the intro about this being a professional podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: really
0: off the rails. You know, we gave Justin the mic and
2: damn. Yeah, okay, well, summer's my mash. I'm taking a page out of Justin's book. and doing it. I'm going to bitch about traffic.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> not not uh, traffic in other cars, but I am in the bitch about speed limits. Over the middle of bumfuck nowhere, there is no reason for 80 miles of straight nonsense to be a 55 mile per hour speed limit zone. There's just no reason. There's no twists. There's no turns. It is fucking desert. I spent six hours on the road today. I went 90 the whole way. Sorry, not sorry. Like fucking... Just fix it. I I, I don't understand the state. I just don't understand the speed limits in the state. So that's that's it. I'm done. Oh man, wow! I'm just gonna take spray paint with me on the next and just fix them myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna be 55 anymore. It's gonna be 95. <laughs> oh, with all that being said, safety, I... hmm?
1: speed limits are there for your safety.
2: I've driven with others. you. Don't give me that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fucking fair
2: <laughs> i need a drink y'all what are we doing hey,
1: hey. <laughs> so so i i will i apologize to the group i i fucked it up i could not grab my bottle of wild turkey 101 it's somewhere Jesus buried
2: yes tisk, 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 tisk. Uh,
1: so yeah i'm i'm drinking i'm drinking wild turkey though so we'll get to that later
2: wild turkey product we're gonna talk whiskey reviews today guys we're gonna talk about the pros and cons of the different rating systems and we're gonna have a couple people walk us through some reviews of some stuff so where do we want to start we're gonna bitch about the rating systems first does that sound good
0: (laughs) i mean i know justin really loves to it looks like robert wow rob's face just got gleeful Um, that's when we're
2: starting. We're gonna I feel
0: like yeah. We should out get systems off their chests, and then talk well, about the various rating systems. I'm
1: gonna yeah. I'm gonna defer to Rob on this one. He's the guest. Please <laughs> give us your thoughts honestly.
3: Don't yeah. Know. So yeah. I, I don't have the professional experience. I'll say that that say Julia and Justin have, but I have been writing reviews now for at least five plus years. Yeah, I think. five years. Um. And it's funny because it started and I was reading all these reviews and they're like, it's like, why is everything between like 85 and 95 on a hundred point scale? Like mm-hmm. what, I mean, I, and I've seen base Maker's Mark rated it like a 93. Like, I'm sorry.
2: Mm-mm. If you've
3: had that lately, it's <laughs> near undrinkable unless it's in mixer. a cocktail. A mixer. And unless you really like, you know, cinnamon red hots in like sugar syrup. It, it's just revolting to me, but you go online and you see all these rating systems and everything is in that range. I mean, everything. And you can look at almost everything online and it, it all seems to fall in that range. Some people use stars. So sometimes you get down to three stars. I don't think you ever see anything below that. Um, and that was when I started writing and, and we kind of thought about what those ratings were going to be like. It's like, oh, we need a spread. like, And especially if you're going to be looking at craft whiskey, you you want to have some leeway in terms of those scores. Like, They're not bad, but they're not going to rate as high as even like Wild Turkey 101 because Wild Turkey 101 is actually pretty good. And some of them do get better, but it's like, You can't have everything at, at 85. Right. So we started ages ago going, you know, almost as far down as 50 because God forbid you try to drink something that's below rated 50. And I think, um, Mindy, do you remember what I did for checked in It's number seven? Um, uh, like that I think was the lowest thing I ever rated, which I think was in the fifties.
2: I, I, Using this said rating scale one time, rated something below the scale at a 30. Oof. It was published for like a day and it was pulled. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble for my rating, y'all. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, and that's <laughs> that censorship. That's not cool. Yeah, well, also <laughs> well, that's,
0: that's another point. Sorry to just like jump in here, but a lot yeah, of people yeah. comment on, you know, these are honest reviews and this is what we actually think, but are they? <laughs> but they're not, but they're not. Yeah. that's I, is,
3: yeah. yeah. Mine. I try to be as honest as I can because I want, plus I do it for myself. I want to know. It's like, what did I think of that? Oh, I rated it at like a 65. Eh, I don't want to get another bottle of that right now. You know, I'll get something better. Um, and that's my thing. It's like, you know, mo- most of my ratings are probably 60 to, I think the highest I've rated something is maybe a 95 or 93, something like that. Um. And it's just, you need that spread of ratings to really get a good idea of like, how good are things? You're not going to notice a difference between two and three points. I get that, but it's like, there is a big difference between something that's like a 75 and something that's a 90, or at least in, in my rating system that we've used, because it's like 75, very drinkable stuff. Um, you know, 90 something is like, the best whiskeys that you've had. That's more interesting. Because if everything's above 90,
0: so, then meaningless. Question for you. Why do you use a hundred-point scale if you only ever use the top range of that? Why not do one to five or one to ten?
3: Mainly because I try to avoid those whiskies that I would never want to drink. Like I don't want to sit back and rate something at a 30. Mm. You know, the only reason why I even rated the um old number seven is because i was doing a big jack daniels article rated like four or five
2: or i just pulled it up and it's a hilarious review
1: when when <laughs> you're done when you're done tell i'm gonna need your contact information you're gonna get some tens, some tens <laughs> to 20s that to 30s.
0: that bottle i got okay. uh,
1: <laughs> from total There's- wine was a zero
0: it was a yeah. zero if someone had rated it Ugh. Yeah, there's some stuff that we had at
2: our meetup that just, I, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, just smell yeah. it, throw it in the kitchen mm-hmm. sink. It was terrible. Yep.
3: yep. Well, uh, this episode um, sponsored by Maker's Mike, by the way. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, The other interesting thing that I tend to do, and I'm not sure how common it is, I've seen a few places do it, is in addition to the numeric ranking, which is great, what's the recommendation? And the recommendation is not just quality, it's quality and price. So typically my recommendation for something like a Wild Turkey 101 is you have to at least try it if you're not just going there and buying it. It's cheap as hell, it's quality whiskey. It's a good recommendation. Some might be like, you know, a low 80 score, but if you're getting it for 30, $35, yeah, buy it. Buy it now, others could be fantastic It's like, oh, yeah, it's like near 90, but it costs three hundred and twenty five dollars. I can't tell you to go buy it. Yeah. Like you want to try it somewhere, maybe. But, you know, do something of that flavor first to make sure that you're not dropping a ton of money on something that's like just doesn't fit your profile.
2: I really do like that about Rob's reviews. His recommendations vary from run away to buy it now. (laughs) um (laughs) try it at a bar that sort of thing um and i really do like that little tidbit with his ratings because it gives you something to go go on
1: sweet um well how do i talk about whiskey reviews um (laughs) everyone who reviews whiskey or really anything is a pedantic jackass no i'm kidding (laughs) I know quite a Brandon few. I know, oh, I totally timer. agree. <laughs> I know quite a few people who are salt of the earth, the most chill people. We've had several uh, spirits judges on the podcast, and they're they're really cool people. And I and I love I love these judges, and I love I love the people who who do these reviews. Um, I've known a lot of people over the years. Um, my issue dates back to many many moons ago. Some would say the beginning of time uh when the first person decided to use a non-chemical term to describe something i'll give you an example that was in wine spectator probably a decade nope longer than a decade ago um i was reading this review still i don't remember the one don't remember anything else about the, the what they were reviewing i remember they were talking about it and i was speaking about I was I was talking with someone else about this, and they mentioned things like clean lines and all of these other very architectural terms. And I'm like, are you reviewing a fucking building or are you drinking Cabernet? I, I and I lost it. And from then on, in fact, I've I've pasted now in our, our share drive my old review system from April of 2014. Um, this is how I've typically always tasted and always reviewed products. Um, there's, there's many different systems. Um, Joy is probably going to talk about the, the far more focused professional systems. Um, I use a combination of, um, Psalm stuff, WSET stuff, CIDR stuff. I kind of amalgamated my own system over the years, um, that works for me. Um, but when you start talking about lead pencil shavings versus just lead pencil, you've lost the argument, my friend, you've... You've lost your soul. I don't. If you, please. I want this person. I don't remember who it was. We'll have to find it. But I want this person to come on the show. If you say things like Frankincense and Myrrh, yes, and, and talking about a Japanese whiskey that's number one, unfucking attainable as it is. Oh, oh no. uh, Yeah, <laughs> and that's and you're using Frankincense unless you were present at the fucking birth of Jesus. You do not know what frankincense and myrrh smell like unless you go to like Whole Foods or something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, okay, so so serious, um, my, my biggest issue with a lot of the reviews, especially from the big companies, the, the enthusiasts and the, the bigger you know magazines, um, while they're cool and fun to look at and all these pretty bottles, my issue is that most of these reviews, and Rob is absolutely right, they don't share a review that's 70 or below. I, I, I rarely see something that's below an no. 88. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, it's so, very, it's very pay to play in a lot of these systems that also irritates me. I was just going to say that. If if fucking... I've had if someone, someone's paid, people have paid me to review their shit and I've panned it to their face. Please stop that. I've told people, please, <sighs> please stop making this. Here's what you can do to fix it. And that's, well, that's reasonable like here's what you can do to fix it and and go and do that um the other thing and then we'll let julia talk um the other thing is why is every goddamn bottle so unobtainable yeah. yes yeah. i get it you sample you gave 96 points to cardew mist that they made a 50 milliliter bottle of from a cask that they'd forgotten about that was, you know, back when William Wallace was, you know, doing <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> cool. You gave it 97 yeah. points. It's $708,000 a bottle. Yep. I'm only going to be able to grab two of them. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. With the damn unattainable shit. Sorry. Okay.
3: That's. I And can I just, I, I just want to kind of pile on a little bit there. Please do. Because um, there are like, and, and I know people who've read my reviews. so I, I've gotten comments. It's like, it's so simple. Like your reviews aren't that complex. And I'm like, because how many people know what marzipan is?
2: Yeah, marzipan. How
3: many people know what like some weird English thing that you tasted once relates to some scotch that you're having when you're writing for an American audience? You know, like, you know, yeah. can we use like, like common flavors? This would be great. And God forbid, and, and I saw this once and I'm not going to mention the, the book or the backlash mention from it. it. Mm. At, I should... If I remember, cor- well, I, I'm not going to mention it because I don't remember if it was exactly what I was thinking, but it's like, oh, the scotch is just smooth and silky and it's like having sex with a woman on a beach. And I'm like,
1: oh, wait oh, a minute. I know, I know. What does that mean? I know, I think we know. <laughs> Yeah, that
0: way. Ah, I'm getting angry. I wow, that's like rage. Julie went ragey just from remembering. Oh, that. okay, your turn. Oh, okay, so so many different things, but bouncing off, Rob, what you had just said that is something that was made very clear to me when I was doing the W, the Wine and Spirit mm-hmm. Education Trust. It's not helpful or useful if you say, oh, this wine reminds me of the smell in my grandmother's garage. (laughs) Like that is something no one else has any idea what that smells or tastes like, so that's not useful. So the W set approach is very systematic. It's very analytical, which is also, the more I do this, something I struggle with a little bit and came to realize when we were all in California together And Justin and I were tasting a fuck ton of wines and I was just hammering out this very specific analysis. And then he would flower it up. And I'm like, wow, I'm a writer. And yet I lack the ability to easily flower up my reviews. (laughs) I can't make them sound like mini little stories, which is often what you see. And that also pisses me off though, seeing this bullshit. I'm like, no, I want to know What's the acidity? What are the tannins? What's the body like? Uh, What are the aromas? Are they, and what are the flavors? Are they developed? Are they primary, secondary, tertiary? Does it show signs of aging? How long is the finish? So that is basically how I was trained to taste. Um, And this is also actually why I was able to understand and appreciate whiskey in the first place. Uh, Because I was in Ireland when I did Set level two wine and spirits where they took you through the tasting. And then I was up at Bushmills and get, just got a couple of whiskeys. And because I knew a bit more what to look for and to smell and to try and taste, I'm like, holy crap, there's so much more to whiskey than just alcohol gross, something I'll never love. So this system for me has really opened up my entire world because you know, now I'm a whiskey ambassador, I work uh, at a wine shop and I do a bunch of scotch stuff and it's really, really awesome. So yeah, I mean, there are pros and cons to everything. <laughs> Is I guess, guess what I'm getting at with that. Thanks for letting me just kind of go off on that tangent. <laughs> oh but circling back also to what Justin said about pay for play which I was also going to mention oh my god this is some bullshit Josh Cab getting 91 points from wine enthusiast fuck off wine enthusiast do you know what come on it's Josh it's laden with chemicals and bullshit like I don't understand why people like it Mm -hmm. I just uh, well, I wear
3: though. A, I mean, I,
0: well, yeah, it was chemically crafted for the American palette. So they spent millions of research and R& d money to figure out exactly what Americans want and then they created it. But like, oh, ah, If you compare that to an actual real wine, there's a world of difference. No way is Josh 91 points. Like what the fuck is their scale? That's also another thing. Every company, every person, has their own ideas some might be more systematic like the w set some could just be like fucking i like it because to me it's good but okay do you have the same sort of preferences and dislikes as the reviewer that you are following it's kind of like movies yeah some critics can totally pan a movie but you fucking love it like, okay, Van Helsing. I love Van Helsing. It was such a great movie. It was so fun. And it got banned. <laughs> Critics hated it, but I loved Van Helsing. It's
1: so
3: fun. Um, I'm going to
1: I'm gonna bring us back to Earth, which I can't believe I'm the one having to bring us back. <laughs> um, to, to that exact point, I'm aware <laughs> of some distillers, when they are choosing samples for competitions, the method that they will use is they will go barrel for barrel. They will smell and they will taste they will look for the sweetest stuff they can find in their barrels and that's what they submit because that's considered the
0: americans love sugar i, I hate to, I hate to, to god eat for that.
1: smooth because <laughs> that smooth is another discussion we're gonna have later mm-hmm. but that's what people want They want something that's smooth, that's not not bitey, that's not too intense. They want something that's balanced. Oh, fuck no.
3: Give me Elijah Craig barrel proof, 136 proof. Come on, me with it. Yes. But if you're sitting
1: there tasting 90 whiskeys in two days, that's the last thing you want 15 of in front of you.
3: You know, so it's...
1: I, I would try it.
3: I, I would be willing to
1: sacrifice for science. I,
0: I would totally
2: you try should, that. You team. should
1: definitely join us the next time we do a thing. We're going to do some it, stuff.
2: It took a week for my palate to recover from the last one, y'all.
1: <laughs> I, I eat nothing but bread and drink water for weeks after I do most of these things because it's that your palate's just wrecked. So yeah, it's
0: it's, pretty fine. I thought. Oh wait, no, I got sick afterwards. That's why.
1: To to Josh Cab to the Josh Cab point. Yeah. Um, For those of you seeing all these amazing reviews of all these wines, if you go to any grocery store, ninety three percent of everything you see in that store, at least on the wine side, is going to be from one, two, or three companies. So you're not you're not drinking anything different. Just just as a heads up. But that's that's either here or there mendacious
2: so we know how justin's already talked about this and how he's just not willing to candor to anybody but rob whenever you've been sent samples by people to review have you have you ever fluffed them a little bit or have you been blatantly honest because Uh, um i i've seen some stuff come across my desk where it's like these people asked me to review and i was really nice to them and it's like i would never buy that in my life like why are you rating that so fucking high
3: yeah, no, I, so thankfully I've not received anything that was really that bad. Um, you know, some of the stuff that I've gotten, I, there are a couple that were actually quite good, but it's like, you know what, they're solid whiskeys and it's not crazy. Um, so thankfully it wasn't like I had to lie to give them a score. Um, Cause I don't, I mean, honestly, if, If I got sent a sample that was going to be below 60, I'd be like, I I can't review this. I don't want to do that to whoever it is, Um, especially if it's craft or, you know, small batch kind of place, because then it's like, I don't want to trash what little reputation you might have already. Like, let's be nice and work with them. Like Justin was saying, it's like, yeah, you know, give it another year or something. I've done that with... um, there was a local distillery uh, out where I used to live called Manitoni, um, who actually is making some really good whiskey now. But two years after they opened, I had their their Four grain whiskey, and their their mash bill is very different. It's oats, wheat, corn, and barley.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So it, it definitely has a different profile. And man, those first batches were interesting.
2: <laughs> I refused
3: to rate them because I was like, it's really young and it needed time. And then um, I was actually involved with a barrel pick from them a couple, uh, about three years ago, just prior to the pandemic starting. And they were like, oh yeah, we got a batch of honey malt. So we did a whiskey. Like, what? What? Okay, fine. Oh my God. It was aged. By the time we got it, it was aged something like four or five years. Came in at like 135 proof or something. Nice. And there were other well-respected whiskey people that I know who had bottles of it, who compared it favorably to Stagg Jr.
2: Oh, wow.
3: And I'm like, see, this is what can happen when they pay attention Mm -hmm. and you know start aging a little more and get better at what they're doing it's like yeah thank god I didn't have to review the original bottles because it would have been sad
0: and that's you obviously we know you we know you're not a dick but there are plenty of asshats out there who (laughs) would just take obscene pleasure in tearing into a company there is (sighs) also a way to be very political about it and actually like political in a good way where that's something that the W set does, it's not my personal tastes and preferences. It is analyzing what is going on in a glass of wine or a whiskey or whatever you're drinking. It My personal preferences don't matter. I can tell if something is good or bad, not if I personally like it or not. Yes. However, there is also, I used to do um, a lot of wine and whiskey reviews on my uh, social channels like in the first year, year and a half. And there was stuff that I didn't particularly personally care for, but I wouldn't say this sucks. Don't go out and buy it. It'd be like, this would be really good for someone who likes X, Y, Z. If you like a really woody whiskey or a really, really super sweet whiskey or whatever it was, there is something out there for everyone. So your opinion is not the be all end all. And I think a lot of reviewers might fall into that trap saying, oh, this is trash. I hate it. Never buy it. I'm like, really? Just get over yourself. Like someone is out there. That's going to enjoy that.
3: <laughs> that that actually brings to mind a, a very particular point that I've argued um, probably unsuccessfully with a number of people. Taste is subjective.
2: Oh yeah. Yes.
3: I, and the argument is no, it's chemically based. I'm like, no, because my taste buds just work differently. And a lot of it is memory. Like, you know, the way you remember cinnamon based apple pie could be completely different because my grandmother's Italian and yours is Jewish. So we have a slightly different flavor of what like an apple pie is, you know, and, that, and that's really important because that's what you're trying to explain when you come to these tastings. And it's like, You know, sometimes you can get something like, okay, creme brulee typically tastes like that. You know, you get the creamy vanilla pudding feel, the burnt sugar. It's a lot of fun. And it's very relatable. But after that, like the nuances of, you know, some of the baking spices, like somebody saying allspice versus nutmeg versus cinnamon. It's like, there's a lot of leeway there because you can only remember so much. And it really depends kind of on how you grew up, I think. Yeah. Just what you're used to. I, on that
2: No, go ahead, Justin. Uh, I,
3: have, <laughs> I have often
1: said it tasting, said it judgings, and used the word objectivity when it comes to how I taste versus whether I like something or not. I couldn't mm-hmm. give a damn if I like it or not. That's not my job. My job is to tell you if it's, what it should be. And to your point about things that are too young. One of the big struggles in a lot of judging is you have to judge something for what it is not what it could be. So while this rum might be fantastic 7 years from now, I have to look at it and think, okay. Tasting it now, what's there? What are the complexities? It's it's a pain in the ass, but a lot of things quick and things sometimes things get worse. With age, and that does happen too. Um, Strawberry moonshine, never gonna get better. Uh, I recently tried the Old Bay vodka. Please stop. Oh, Um,
2: Oh, thanks. Was that a real thing? I thought it was an April Fool's. It's a real thing. 100.
3: No, Old Bay is now in everything. Legit. Every fucking thing known to man has Old Bay in it. It is killing me. I'm wearing
1: Old Bay shorts right now. Um, (laughs) The Fuck. Um, the first thing I walked into a tasting a couple of months ago. The first thing somebody handed me was a salsa flavored whiskey.
2: Ugh.
1: I say this with love. Please fucking stop making things. See, um, someone
0: went out to specifically make a whiskey that tasted like salsa. salsa.
1: Or, or they fucked up the fermentation so bad that they're like, "Fuck it, let's throw some salsa in here and keep going." Wow. Which is probably. It could be either way. <laughs> yeah, I think it was
3: like throw some fruit in it or something. I mean, really salsa. Oh, man.
0: See, cause I brought in this really interesting Merlot because it had a lot of super unique, vegetally tomato leaf vibes, which kind of reminded me of salsa and it's really great for pairing. So that was fun. But I mean, I don't assume they went out of their way to make a Merlot that tasted like salsa. Yeah, just, a different. <laughs> That's disgusting.
2: Yeah. On that note, I need a drink. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, this
2: is
3: delightful. Who's going to walk us through through their review process?
0: Well, I think Rob should because he's our special guest.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So as we had discussed, it's wild turkey time. Uh, Wild turkey, I will say that wild turkey is one of my favorite value bourbons. Um, I know in a lot of places it's like 25 bucks um, and it's just, quality. I I'm, I've actually been drinking it as we've been talking and I'm really enjoying it right now. <laughs>
2: um,
3: it is, it's funny how you go back to stuff sometimes, and I don't always have wild turkey around. Um, but it is one of those, it's like, you go back to it and you're like, oh, this is just like really good. Um, you know, for a 30, $25 bottle, like loads of caramel,
0: I've noticed it's definitely opened up nicely. When I first poured it into my glass, it had kind of a harsh alcohol burn on the nose, but that that dissipated, and now it's smelling as uh, our old cohort Mark would have said, it "Smells bourbony." I hit bourbony, yeah. it's bourbony.
2: Yeah, you know,
3: <laughs> it's it's got the typical profile with like, you know, caramel, vanilla. Um, not sure if I'm getting cinnamon. Just a touch. One thing, and you, you'll notice I go all over the glass, which is kind of funny. Um, I know other people have done similar things. It's like there's something interesting about like the edges of the glass, besides. Oh yeah. Like right in the middle, and I don't know if that's like a wine thing too.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, so much science has gone into crafting glassware for wine and spirits. That is why yeah. you see these glasses in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and options because there's actual science behind it to bring out certain characteristics or to do something to what is inside the glass getting a nice brown sugar note so if you were rating this nose rob how would you rate the nose on this specific whiskey
3: sorry just took a bit and
0: Nope. Really tasty stuff. When your mouth Um, full.
3: (laughs) So the one problem I have with uh, wild turkey is the nose generally doesn't seem that complex to me. Mm. You know, you get some basic notes, but it it you know, it's good. It's not great. I'd probably put it like high seventies, something like that. That. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very quintessential, strong nice yeah. yeah
3: but that's a thing the one thing you notice was that there was a bit of ethanol in the beginning and it does kind of stick around um which totally takes away from the nosing a bit because mm-hmm. at 101 proof you would hope that you wouldn't get that kind of note you know if you get above like a 110 mm-hmm. you're you're probably getting ethanol on the nose right um the big difference though is the palate is really just really tasty a ton of caramel vanilla there's like no ethanol on it at all so there's no real burn um you know so it get into the low 80s probably but not like you know it it's quality bourbon at, at a fantastic price i, I can't I, I do love this i hate to say that um, no,
0: don't because it's don't, just like it. there's other options. It's just like
3: so much. It, it this is one of those bourbons that's just like, okay, I just went out, I spent 25 bucks, and it's just so fun to drink, mm. you know, because you do get that blast of flavor because of the proof, as opposed to you know, you get a lot of these other bourbons that are, you know, anything below 90 tends to be very thin, just not enough flavor. Um, which is much different than Scotch. You, mm. you can get an 86 proof Scotch and be fine. Yeah, you know oh, they're delightful, right? Um, but bourbon just kind of—it really tends to fail under 90 proof, which is just sad. I'm
0: yeah. um, digging the candied pecan note on the palate that I'm getting with this. That was a little unexpected, but delightful.
2: Does
0: anybody else get just a little bit of citrus? Yeah, sure. I could definitely get... (laughs) Justin's not joining us. He didn't get his bottle. (laughs) I I could definitely Mm -hmm. get the orange and like a spiced Mm -hmm. orange oil vibe. And like that's something I probably wouldn't have picked out. But that's also one of the interesting things about tasting with other people because their sensory bases are much different than yours they're gonna pick out other things that might seem super obvious to them and you're like oh well shut the front door yeah i get that too and so now (laughs) you have a different reference point as well for being able to pick that out in future
3: that's actually i and i hate to admit it kind of but not really (laughs) um when i'm doing a tasting uh for a review i'll actually go search some reviews to see what people are saying about it after I do my initial notes, because in most cases, and it's like, you noticed, I was like struggling with a note and it's like, okay, no, that's some cinnamon. I do agree with the orange note. Um, But sometimes it's like, Oh, they're saying coconut. And it's like, okay, you dig a little deeper and you, you know, you swirl it around a little bit more and you're like, Not getting coconut, but maybe I get something else, like a a creamy note of some sort. And it just helps you kind of, I I mean, over the five plus years or whatever, it's like it's helped me kind of refine how I'm doing my tastings and and try to get more out of the glass. Um, Sometimes it's not possible, but it definitely can help if you're struggling with the note. Yeah. Or, God forbid, recovering from COVID. Something <laughs> stupid.
0: Oh, you know? shit. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. I've had quite a number of people that I know who did lose their sense of taste, and they've had to start trying to retrain themselves.
3: Yeah. That's
0: terrifying. It was
2: terrible. Yeah. Do not recommend. Zero out of ten. Yep. Mm.
3: Yeah, I I didn't have as many problems as Mindy, but I was late with a review. I forget how many days prior to publication it was um, <laughs> because I couldn't smell anything for like weeks and then stuff just smelled like honestly garbage for a little while. That was fun. Um, but thankfully taste didn't go as badly. So.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. I remember yeah. when I was doing, I think it was when I was doing W set three, cause that was a longer course and I just got, sick a cold or something and every wine smelled like wet dog to me (laughs) just every single one doesn't matter if it was red white sweet dry it all smelled like wet dog I'm like well I'm not gonna take any notes this week because obviously it all smells faulty to me oh damn that is
2: terrible so I think that we've all agreed that we prefer the one one ish to 100 system over the one to five or one to 10 or star ratings or whatever. So where's this going? What, what's our final, our final number on this guy?
3: I mean, I would probably say like a high 70, yeah. like a 78 ish, something like that. Um, like no, Julia's no, no, w- no, that was like
0: <laughs> 78. Yeah,
3: and, and for me, and I know Mindy, I've shared this with you at one point or another, it was like, our rating system also has that, like, kind of, what would you do with a bottle like that? So, like, above 90 was, like, these are the best bottles that you can buy.
2: Mm.
3: You know, these are going to be some of the best bourbons and scotch that you can ever have. Um, like, the 80s are those bottles that you want to have all the time. You just maybe can't because you can't afford it, hard to find, whatever. But they're, like, really good bottles of whiskey, the 70s are stuff that like, yeah, you'll probably have one on your shelf most of the time. And this totally fits in there. Um, I, I do have the 101 regularly in my cabinet. Um, and that goes for a lot of things in the 70 range. 60s is like, yeah, I had it. Maybe I would go back. I'm not really sure. And then below that, it's like varying degrees of bad. Um you know, when you get into the the fifties, it's like, eh, yeah, I don't know if you really want it, but it's like if it's cheap enough, maybe you know. Um mm.
1: Ugh. Ugh.
0: See, this, would make this would make a this would make a bang and old fashioned. It it does.
2: Yes, that is my go to. Basically, yeah. every episode we record. What are you having today, Mindy? A wild turkey
0: one one old fashioned. <laughs> oh, that's totally true. I'd forgotten it that. We yeah. only use Maker's Forty Six for that, but. I think that's a little bit more expensive. I think here the 101 is 31-ish dollars and the regular wild turkey is 25-ish. But this is what I qualify as a daily drinker. Yeah. it's, It's
2: great for cocktails. It's good if you want it neat. It's budget
0: friendly. Yeah. It's completely unoffensive. I don't think there's anything in here that would piss someone off if they tasted it. It's like no, this is kind of a quintessential. <laughs> I don't think Justin's a fan. He's over here twiddling yeah. his ears and shaking his head. What's going on, Justin?
1: <laughs> no, I, I wasn't actually. I was literally cracking my knuckles.
2: Uh-huh. Well, Justin wasn't able to join us and he's got some
1: Russell's. I, I do have some Russell's reserve, single barrel. Um, um it's okay. So yeah, that's my review. No, um, <laughs> Burbany. I,
2: Burbany. Burbany.
1: When Burbany. it comes to reviews, there's, there's multiple ways of, of reviewing, specifically whiskey, but there's multiple ways of reviewing things. You can sit down and you can do something blind. When you do something blind, there's even different ways of doing that. You can do deductive, where you're trying to figure out what it is. Um, how do I put this? Don't do that.
0: It stresses <laughs> me out so when, much.
1: When you're out in look, man, I ju- just drink the fucking product. Like even if I have, to, so I taste most of my products blind and I want to thank everyone on the in the American whiskey industry for being so patient with me. I began this journey of writing um, about whiskey um, well over a decade ago and when I started getting samples for the book. I promise it's coming. Um, and I taste everything for that book blind. Uh, so I have a key. My wife has the access to the key. I get a little bottle that has a number—not these particular bottles, but other bottles. It has a little number, and that's—I—that's that's all I know. Um, so when I review, I review. I look at the color, although color is not it as is. important in spirits as it is in in wine for me. Yeah. Um, I look at the color. I look at the nose. Obviously, I take a deep, you know, inhale. I take several, um, and I typically will taste something twice um, at different times. But always, if I can, for the most part, in the same setting. So for this, I mean, I sit at my desk. This is this is my thing. I don't want to be sitting outside for ten reviews and then inside where there's a fucking rave going on for you know whatever reviews, or you know at the beach or something. It has to be consistent for me.
0: I mean, so, it has to be consistent for anyone who's rating or judging wines. So that's part of the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I remember Paul Bacolt, I think it was years, probably early 2000s, he went off on this whole rant about, about that. And I, I've, I've, I've always, even the lamp that you have on your desk, like I think he was talking about that. Oh uh, yeah. That the, bowl yeah. The, the lamp is the same, yeah. and, you know, the same uh, glassware and the same consistency when you review.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: so Russell, um, go
1: ahead.
3: No, no, I was going to say, Justin brought up a really good point about reviewing. You have to taste it twice. You almost have to like my reviews typically I'll make some notes when I first pour it or you know after a couple of minutes as it sits in the glass and then like 15-20 minutes later that's when I go through it again to actually do the rating because sometimes with air or god forbid I have to add water um, which I almost I don't think I ever do that with bourbon so much but it's like there is a difference, and Julia hit on that earlier. It's like, oh, yeah, when I first poured it, it was like, you know, there's a lot of ethanol. Let it air out, you know, and sometimes it just mellows a bit, and it just really hits you right. But it's also just kind of like, you know, and I don't review off of a neck pour because the bottles have to, and especially for scotch. Peated scotch, I don't review until I'm almost near halfway down the bottle. Hmm. Because peat will change drastically after that thing is open. Because I've had some, it's like Laphroaig is notorious for this. Man, those first pours out of that bottle are just beastly. And then it settles maybe two weeks later. And it's just a completely different scotch. And that's good, you know, because it's like, you want to get a good idea of what the with the whole bottle spout. Sorry, Justin. You can continue.
1: No, 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 please. Um,
3: then, I get you know, all actually, ranty, you know.
1: Please, um, we'll have to. We call please it random. Cut um, Yeah. We can. We can definitely talk about the neck board at some point. Um, we'll definitely have <laughs> that. That can
2: probably be its own episode, y'all. It's, it was <laughs> supposed to be,
1: but then somebody fucking you know left. Um, so.
0: We'll- so Mark yeah. right on done. Fucked off. <laughs>
1: So the, uh, the Russell's Reserve, it is super chewy, dirty blackberries. Um, I do, in fact, get lead pencil, like not, it's this sort of slate minerality to it. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting there shaving, you know, pencils into my glass or anything, although I have. I did a class once where I took a bunch of Glenn Karens and a bunch of like wine glasses and I filled them with various herbs and cereals and shit. People look at me like, I'm fucking stupid. Like, how can you know what something smells like unless you fucking smell and taste and lick everything? Yep. FYI, when you do it in the grocery store, they tend to give you looks. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Especially nowadays. yeah, nowadays, Yeah.
1: Don't, don't lick things in the stores, but, um, but yeah, I, I, go out and, and I'm going to tell this to everyone on the who's listening, go out and smell things, pick up a rock and smell it, See yep. what you know, basalt versus, you know, whatever, you know, smells like know literally, the difference between
0: smell the roses, smell yes, the flowers. Literally. Smell yes. What the rose smells like
1: literally. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this bottle. It was brand new, by the way. I just took the, the, what do you call that little neck thing off? Um, and I'm, I, I haven't the shrink wrap. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't reviewed anything this week. Shrink wrap, Thank you. Um, and so I'm very, I, it was very interesting. I enjoy a good single barrel bourbon. Um, I'm happy that this was the one, I'm sorry. I didn't have the, the 101. I'm sure it's buried in there somewhere. Um, or perhaps in a box. Don't know, but, uh, but yeah, go out there and, and review things and have fun. And if you're listening to this, um, definitely, you know, Read, you know, read Rob's, you know, reviews. Um, maybe, maybe we can, you know, get him to do a couple of you know swing and ramble reviews. We'll see. It, and I
0: guess, you know?
2: Nudge nudge wink wink. <sighs> Send him those very colorful neon vodkas.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah
3: so no. Um, there are some things I don't drink anymore. <laughs> Thank you very much. Colorful you, know, I vodka you, man. you know, it's funny, I I was a big Well, I also drank scotch when I was in college, but I used to drink a ton of vodka. Like I was an absolute guy for like five, six years because, you know, they had really cool posters. Their advertisements were really nice. Um, And it wasn't terribly expensive as a college student, but thankfully, I kind of outgrew that.
0: (laughs) Hanging back to some flavored vodka days.
3: Yeah.
1: uh, Nope. I think what I have in the bin here, I've got... I know I've got some stuff. I think this is all pot still rum, but still, um, there's, yeah, you're getting the stuff. Um, so (laughs) no
0: um, choice. We're hoisting it upon you.
2: I have his address. I can help.
1: (laughs) She's kidding. We do not ship spirits because we don't have a a license, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh, Mendicious before we get arrested by the feds, you want to bring us home? <laughs> I'm bringing us home. Okay, well, who's um,
0: great? I don't care. Anyway, she oh,
1: in everything. All right.
0: Yeah. Pay um, attention, man. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, make sure to listen to the actual um, Scottish person that we hired to do our outro for all of the hashtags and all of the ats. Um, in the meantime, definitely follow Rob Diana um, at Rob Diana. Um, and then please join us next time as we discuss those assholes who only want free booze. For high ratings those motherfuckers
0: <laughs> thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time follow us at swig and ramble on instagram facebook and twitter for more fermented fuckery cheers